the importance of having a long-term perspective. Some people are confused about the importance of long-term consequences. They think that their intentions are most important, not the results. This is the major cause of confusion in our society today. They say, if I intend for good things to happen as the result of my ideas, my decisions, and my actions and they don't, you can't blame me. Your ability to accurately foresee and predict the consequences of your decisions and actions is the true measure of your intelligence. Intelligence is not a matter of IQ, grades in school, or years of study. Intelligence is instead a way of acting. This means that if you act intelligently, you are smart. If you act stupidly, you are stupid, irrespective of grades or measures on IQ tests. An intelligent act is something you do that moves you closer to something you really want. A stupid act is something you do that does not move you closer to something you want or, even worse, moves you away from it. There are two laws that trip people up all the time, in personal life, in politics, and in international affairs. They are the law of unintended consequences and the law of perverse consequences. The law of unintended consequences says that in many cases, an act or behavior brings about immediate positive results, in the short term, but the long-term consequences can be quite negative. The law of perverse consequences is what happens when the results of an apparently positive action turn out to create a situation that is far worse than if nothing had been done at all. Banfield in his book The Unheavenly City, divided society into seven classes from the lowest to the highest, lower lower class, upper lower class, lower middle class, middle middle class, upper middle class, lower upper class, and upper upper class. Those who do not plan for the future cannot have one, tilde Michael Cammy. At the lowest socioeconomic level, lower lower class, the time perspective was often only a few hours, or minutes, such as in the case of the hopeless alcoholic or drug addict, who thinks only about the next drink or dose. At the highest level, those who were second or third generation wealthy, their time perspective was many years, decades, even generations into the future. It turns out that successful people are intensely future-oriented. They think about the future most of the time. Peter Drucker said that the primary job of the leader, especially in business, is to think about the future, no one else is tasked with that responsibility. This is your responsibility, as well. The top people in every society projected years, even decades into the future when they made their day-to-day -day decisions. They thought carefully about what might happen before they made important or irrevocable commitments. Here is a great discovery, the very act of thinking long-term sharpens your perspective and dramatically improves the quality of your short-term decision-making. Because, you become what you think about, the very act of long-term thinking changes the way you think and act in the present, thereby increasing the likelihood of greater success in the future. Gary Hamill and C.K. Prahalad, in their book on business strategy titled, Competing for the Future, explained the concept of future intent. They wrote that the greater clarity you have regarding where you want to be in the future, the easier it is for you to make correct decisions in the present. One of their most popular ideas was that if your goal is to be a leader in your industry, you must project forward five years and ask yourself, what skills, abilities, and competencies must we have five years from now to be one of the top companies? When you have clear future intent, it becomes much easier for you to think with greater clarity, to make those decisions today that will enable you to achieve your long-term goals. The critical word in the long-term perspective is sacrifice, successful people are willing to sacrifice, to delay immediate gratification in the present, in the short term, to enjoy greater rewards in the future, in the long term. Without the willpower and discipline to engage in short-term pain for long-term gain, little success is possible.
The difference between slow thinking versus fast thinking. Your mind is extraordinary. You have the capacity to think more thoughts than all the molecules in the known universe. By properly focusing on the powers of your mind on any goal or desire you have, you can accomplish extraordinary things and often far faster than you realize. Your mind races continually. Your stream of consciousness is about 1500 words per minute. Your mind jumps from one thought to another and then back again. It takes tremendous discipline and willpower for you to control and constrain this onrushing river of thought and to channel it in such a way as to enable you to accomplish all that is possible for you. Thomas Edison once said, thinking is the hardest work of all, which is why most people avoid it at all costs. There is a saying, there are those who think. There are those who think they think. And then there is the vast majority who would rather die than think, good thinking is hard work. It must be learned and practiced over and over if you are going to truly plumb the depths of your mental powers. The two thinking styles contrasted are fast thinking versus slow thinking. With fast thinking, we process information quickly, intuitively, automatically, instinctively, like making decisions while driving a car in busy traffic. We react and respond with little thought or consideration. Success is the ability to solve problems as well. A goal or an objective unachieved, in any area, is merely a problem unsolved. This is why a systematic approach to problem solving, one that works at a higher level and more consistently, is absolutely vital for you to achieve the maximum success that is possible for you. Think. For most of our activities, such as conversations, meetings, navigating daily life, or grocery shopping, fast thinking is both appropriate and necessary. The consequences are not important, such as whether you order a hamburger or a fish patty for lunch. It doesn't really matter in the great scheme of things. For many other areas of our lives, slow thinking is more necessary, and even essential, if we are to make the right long-term decisions that yield the consequences we desire. To help yourself and others to slow down and think with greater precision, use the GOSPA model regularly. The acronym GOSPA stands for Goals, Objectives, Strategies, Priorities, and Actions. Goals, the specific, measurable, time-bounded results you want to achieve over the long term in your business, your targets for sales, profitability, growth, share price, and quality rankings. Objectives, the interim goals that you will have to achieve to accomplish your major goals. Imagine that your goals exist at the top of the ladder, your long-term aims, and your objectives are the rungs of the ladder that you must climb to achieve them. Strategies, the various ways that you could accomplish each objective. For example, in business, one of your objectives will be to achieve a certain level of sales. You can use a variety of different strategies to achieve your sales objectives. Priorities, those activities that are more important than others in achieving your goals and objectives. Apply the 80-20ths rule to everything. What are the top 20% of actions that you can take that can account for 80% of your results? Actions, what specific, measurable, time-bounded activities must you take to implement your strategies, achieve your objectives, and accomplish your goals? This method of thinking, and carefully considering each action you must take, dramatically improve your decision-making abilities. It forces you to use both long-term thinking and slow thinking together. Look before you leap. The two most popular words among experienced business people are due diligence. This requires taking the time, however long, to get the critical information, you need to make the right decision. The biggest mistakes we make are those where we commit time, money, and resources without having done sufficient homework. The best decisions we make are almost invariably based on having acquired complete knowledge of the issue before we act.
We look before we leap. According to Forbes magazine, the number one reason for failure is that there is no demand for the product or service. Whatever it is, the customers don't want it or don't want it at the price that the company has to charge to stay in business. In 2013, more than $8 billion was spent on market research in the United States alone. This money was aimed at finding out what customers really wanted before the product was produced and brought to market. But even with exhaustive research, 80% of new products eventually fail and have to be taken off the market. The primary reason for the poor decisions that lead to market failure is that the key people failed to ask the right questions or to get the necessary information before the product was produced and sold. Create a hypothesis, a yet-to-be-proven theory. Then seek ways to invalidate this hypothesis, to prove that your idea is wrong. This is what scientists do. This is exactly the opposite of what most people do. They come up with an idea, and then they seek corroboration and proof that their idea is a good one. They practice confirmation bias. They only look for confirmation of the validity of the idea, and they simultaneously reject all input or information that is inconsistent with what they have already decided to believe. Create a negative or reverse hypothesis. This is the opposite of your initial theory. For example, you are Isaac Newton, and the idea of gravity has just occurred to you. Your initial hypothesis would be that things fall down. You then attempt to prove the opposite, things fall up. If you cannot prove the reverse or contrary hypothesis of your idea, you can then conclude that your assumption is correct. Be prepared to try and fail, to propose and be rejected, over and over. Failure, trial, and error are absolutely essential to your ultimate success. Be your own management consultant with any of your ideas and conclusions. Ask yourself the brutal questions that a consultant would ask you to help guide you in decision making. Is there a market demand for this new product or service? How big is the demand, and at what price? What changes would you have to make in your initial idea to make this a product or service attractive enough that people would want to buy it in sufficient quantities? Is the demand for this new product idea large enough to justify developing this product rather than something else? Is the market for this product idea concentrated enough so that you can reach potential customers with current marketing and sales channels? Will customers pay enough for this product or service to enable you to earn a greater profit than you would with some other product or service? Be tough on yourself in becoming informed. Don't let yourself off the hook or ask yourself softball questions. As Zig Ziglar said, if you are hard on yourself, life will be very easy on you. But if you insist on being easy on yourself, life will be very hard on you. The importance of goal-oriented thinking. Throughout your life, you will have a series of turning points. These are moments, insights, or experiences that can take a few seconds or a few months. But after one of these turning points, your life is never the same again. Sometimes you recognize one of these turning points when it takes place. In most cases, you only recognize that it was a turning point in retrospect. As you look back on your life, you often remember small things that happened to which you paid little attention, but the consequences of these events changed you in some way and had an influence on the person you are today. According to the author, the discovery of his goals was the major turning point of his life. He was 24 years old, broke, unskilled, and working as a door-to-door -door salesman earning very little and sleeping on the floor of a friend's one-room apartment. Then he discovered his goals. He found a used book in the bottom drawer of an old dresser in that one-room apartment. As he glanced through the book, he came across a line, If you want to be successful, you have to have goals. A few pages later, it said, take a sheet of paper and write down the goals that you would like to achieve sometime in the future. 
The author found a piece of paper and wrote down 10 goals that he wanted to accomplish. He promptly lost the list. But 30 days later, his life had changed completely. He accomplished almost all of the goals on that list in completely unexpected ways. He discovered a sales technique that tripled his sales, which doubles his income. He moved to his place, got promoted to a sales manager position. This all happened within 30 days of writing down a list of things he wanted to achieve on that piece of paper. Goal setting requires long-term thinking, slow thinking, and informed thinking. A key success principle is for you to think on paper. The very act of writing down what you want dramatically increases your probability of achieving it. Remember, you can't hit a target that you can't see. You can't hit a target unless you can clearly describe it on paper. What do you really, really, really want to do with your life? It seems that when you ask this question, it is the third really that helps you to develop absolute clarity about where you want to be sometime in the future. When you ask really three times, you drill deeper into what you want more than anything else. Result-oriented thinking versus activity-oriented thinking. Another turning point in the author's life was when he noticed that there were lots of people his age who seemed to be doing much better in life and work than he was. They wore more beautiful clothes, had better jobs, and drove newer cars, and some of them even had homes and families. Meanwhile, he drove an old car, wore old clothes, worked at a sales job, thinking about how much everything costs, and worried about money all the time. This is not a great way to live. His turning point came when he asked why? In monetary terms, the answer was simple, obvious, and clear. Highly paid people are highly productive. They use their time better than average people. They get more and better results for which people are willing to pay them. They spend more and more time doing more and more things of greater and greater value. Here is a question, what is your most valuable financial asset? Your earning ability. Your ability to earn money is your most valuable financial asset. You could lose your job, your home, your car, and all your savings and investments and be left there standing on the sidewalk with only the clothes on your back. But as long as you still had your earning ability, you could earn it all back and more. This has happened so many times for so many people that it is almost an urban legend. Your earning ability is your ability to get results that people will pay you for. It is not your ability to go to work, put in your time, and play well with the other kids. It is the ability to get the job done quickly and dependably, on time and on budget. Join the top 20%. The 80-20th rule seems to apply to the world of work. 20% of people are on the fast track, continually increasing their value, moving up, and earning more money. 80% of working people in all fields are time servers. They come to work at the last possible minute and leave at the first possible minute. While they are there, they use their time poorly in comparison with the people on the fast track. Here is a rule, work all the time you work. When you go to work, work. Do not play with your friends, check your email every five minutes, read the newspaper, or take care of personal business. Work all the time you work. If you are really serious about getting results, start a little earlier. Work a little harder during the day. Stay a little later. Pick up the pace. Move faster. Keep focused on your most important tasks. Don't waste time. Apply the 80-20th rule to your daily tasks and activities. Categorize your tasks. Think before you act by using the ABCDE method. A equals must do. There are serious consequences for doing or not doing this task. Put in a next to each of the most important items on your list. B equals should do. There are mild consequences for doing or not doing this, but it is not as important as your tasks. 
C equals nice to do, but there are no consequences one way or another if you have a coffee break, chat with a coworker, or check your social media. D equals delegate, you should delegate everything that you possibly can, even tasks that you like and enjoy, to free up your time for doing only those few things that you can do best and are most important. E equals eliminate, deliberately stop doing all low-value, no-value tasks and activities. Once you have put a letter next to each task, go through and put A1, A2, A3 next to your most important A tasks. Then do the same thing with B1, B2, B3, and so on. The rule is that you never do A-B task while you have an A task left undone. Begin immediately to work on your A1 task. Once you have decided this order of priority, everything else on your list is a waste of time compared with your A1 task. Positive thinking versus negative thinking. According to Aristotle, the greatest philosopher of all time, the ultimate goal of human life and endeavor was happiness. He said that every action a person takes is aimed at achieving a greater state of happiness, however, the individual defines it. You want to get a good job. Why? To earn more money. Why? To be able to provide for your family and enjoy a good lifestyle. Why? To achieve personal and financial security. Why? So, you can be happy. Successful people practice positive thinking most of the time. As a result, they are happier, more genial, more popular, and derive more real pleasure from life than the average person. The opposite of positive thinking is negative thinking. Negative thinkers tend to be hostile and suspicious. They are distrustful of others, and they expect negative things to happen to them most of the time. They have negative personalities and are highly critical of both themselves and the people around them. No matter what happens, they are seldom satisfied for any period. Life to them is a series of problems and difficulties over which they feel they have little control and about which there is nothing they can do. What I discovered is that everyone wants to be happy, however, he defines it. The main obstacle between each person and the happiness that he desires is negative emotions. Negative emotions lie at the root of virtually all problems in human life. If there was some way that you could eliminate negative emotions, you could wipe out most of the problems of mankind. There is a way to do this. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you eliminate negative emotions, your mind automatically fills with positive emotions. When you eliminate negative emotions, you become a fully functioning person. When you eliminate negative emotions, you become capable of fulfilling your full potential. The main job of life, then, is to eliminate negative emotions. Your mind can only hold one thought at a time, positive or negative. But if you don't deliberately hold a positive thought or emotion, a negative thought or emotion will tend to fill your mind, at least at the beginning. Negative thoughts tend to be easy and automatic, the default setting of the brain for most people. Thinking positively requires effort and determination until it becomes a habitual response to life and circumstances. Fortunately, you can become a purely positive thinker through learning and practice. The starting point of eliminating negative emotions is to understand where they come from in the first place. The good news is that no child is born with any fears or negative emotions. All fears and negative emotions must be taught to the growing child in his or her formative years. And because negative emotions are learned, they can be unlearned. Rich thinking versus poor thinking. There have never been more opportunities for you to become wealthy, and more different ways to achieve it, than exist today. More people are starting more businesses in different industries than ever before. More knowledge, information, and technology are creating more products and services that people want, need, and are willing to pay for. 
One new idea is all you need to start a fortune. The law of correspondence works for everyone at all times under all circumstances. This law says that your outer world will be a reflection of your inner world. Everything moves from within to without. You cannot accomplish something on the outside until you first accomplish it on the inside. To be wealthy on the outside, you must think like a rich person on the inside. There is no other way. Poor people think like poor people. They have self-limiting beliefs that hold them back and stop them from even trying. In a study completed a few years ago entitled 100 Million Millionaires, the authors demonstrated that if you simply saved $100 per month throughout your working lifetime, invested it, and let it grow with compound interest, it would amount to $1 million by the time you retired. Why doesn't everyone do this? Poor thinking. According to the author, the following are the reasons why people don't become wealthy. 1. It never occurs to them that they can become wealthy. 2. They never make a firm, do-or-die decision to become wealthy. 3. If it does occur to them, and they decide to become wealthy, they procrastinate. 4. They fear failure. 5. They fear criticism and disapproval. 6. They stop learning and growing. 7. They don't persist long enough to succeed. Fortunately, each of these limitations to financial success can be overcome through learning and practice. Each of these obstacles can be turned into a stepping stone to success when you learn how to think the way rich people think. The law of correspondence is an immutable mental law. It works, for all people, under all situations and circumstances. It is inevitable and almost completely predictable. With regard to wealth accumulation, this law says that you will behave in the outside consistent with the thoughts, feelings, beliefs, ideas, and values that you have on the inside. You always act on the outside consistent with the way you truly believe on the inside, and if you do, you will soon get the same results and outcomes as other people who believe the same way. All improvements in external performance and results begin with an improvement in your self-concept. When you start to think of yourself in positive, constructive, and financially successful ways on the inside, you begin to act consistently with those beliefs on the outside until they eventually become your reality. For you to develop rich thinking, to become wealthy, you must first develop the habits of thinking and of action that wealthy people have. Jim Ron once said, it is not becoming a millionaire that is important. It is the kind of person that you must become in order to become a millionaire that is even more important. Then, even if you lose all your money, you can earn it all back again because now you are the kind of person who knows how to make this kind of money. Mike Todd, the film producer, and husband of Elizabeth Taylor, once lost all his money on a big production and went broke. It was in the newspapers, and many of his friends laughed at him behind his back. One of them asked him, Mike, how does it feel to be poor? Mike Todd replied with these classic words. He said, I've never been poor, only broke. Being poor is a frame of mind. Being broke is a temporary situation. He then went back to work on his next project, which was successful, and in a couple of years, he was rich again. Conclusion success is not an accident. Failure is not an accident either. You are where you are and what you are because of yourself, because of your own thinking and behavior. If you want your future to be better in any area, you must first change and improve your thinking along the lines described in this book. You must make new choices and better decisions. Fortunately, everything you are today, you have learned from early childhood as the result of input and practice. At any time, you can decide to learn new ideas, practice new behaviors, and get different results. Try this, 1. Resolve today to think long-term, and consider the likely consequences of a decision before you act. 2. 
project forward three to five years, and imagine that your life was ideal in every way. How would it be different from today? 3. Decide upon one action that you are going to take immediately to create your ideal future. And then take the first step towards achieving it.